you are saying hi to them on my behalf, uh, I know you have said hi to them many times. Uh, you probably live together uh, if you are of the same gender. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to be back, um, and I am joined by my family. I think they can come and say hi. Uh, my people. There are some who are more excited than others, but uh, yeah, and we are glad to be here. So I think Lillian, even you, uh, I think Lillian will be introducing the rest of the team. My name is Lillian Chege and I'm born again. I'm happy to be here. I was and I was a student also at JQuad about 10 years ago. I used to take TIE, and I'm really happy to be with you here. So um, we have three children, three boys. Uh, the first one is called His name is Janai Tugi Abel Chege. So thank you. Good way. Uh, we are looking forward to have a good time with you. All right. Thank you so much. So this is the, my clan. Well, at least at the moment. Who knows? The Lord might decide to... We never know. So, and we thank the Lord. We thank the Lord to be here. We are both alumnus of JQuart. Um, yes, we met here, we were serving in the Christian Union, and the Lord saw it fit that as we reached out to many souls, that he could uh, bring one, you know, as, as you reach out to many, you can bring one to yourself, as you bring many to the Lord. It's also another reason to go for Ezra, you know. Ezra has many reasons. You study the word, you learn, you grow. But brother, if the Lord has, has not been speaking to you here in Jaquat, there's also an opportunity to meet people in other universities. The Lord is also at work there. And I say brother and sister here to be careful. Now, you, you will need to go down. <laughs> go to mom. Uh, this is the struggle we have to deal with. Yeah, but we thank God. So this morning, those who are looking forward to marriage, see your life. <laughs> yeah, so today we are looking at the topic of social media and IT. Now, I am a moving preacher. I will try and stand here. Uh, because I can see the camera person is, uh, uh, might struggle a lot. But we are trying to think about how does a Christian navigate themselves 
in a culture that is social media laden. When you have so many or so much media around you, how do you still navigate or remain Christian in the same? Now, of course, you appreciate the struggle, and perhaps you don't because for most of us, social media is something that we have found. It's almost like air. You know, the way you come, breathe. You never wake up thinking, is there air today? I mean, it's, 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 it's one of those things that are so obvious that we don't even appreciate that there was a time when there wasn't social media. There was a time, you can imagine a life without WhatsApp, a life without Facebook, and for some of you, a life without TikTok. That is probably the most difficult, I don't know, or Snapchat, depending on how visual you are. But it's an issue. And it's an issue because also of the cultural shift. When you think about, for example, something like information, you are being bombarded with so much information, most of which you probably don't even need. And that kind of information even shapes the way you have conversations. When you meet together, hey, you're like, wow, did you hear? Hear what? Did you hear Kim Kardashian and Kanye West broke up? I mean, it's, it's information that you don't need, but it is actually shaping how you are having conversations with people. So that a young person in Jaikwat now is actually discussing about the president of United States as if that president affects them. So that's the information you have. And it is so loud in every corner that you don't know what to do with it. And so our relationship to media then comes to question. Is media amoral? Are we to look at media and think that media is, is morally neutral, that it doesn't really affect us? Or better still, because it is with us, how do we use it for the glory of God? So now those are the questions that we want to think about. And before we even ask the question of how we are going to use this media, we've got to ask how is media using us? How is media shaping the way that you think? How is this plurality of information guiding how you think about your life and about your future? Issues of contentment come into play. For example, it used to be a thing that you would gauge yourself within your social bracket. I mean, when we are coming here together, we all eat at the mess. If you are more privileged, you nendanga candle. I don't know. What did you call tell me it is called? This other one, watch a candle. I eat with Serena nowadays. It has another name. But this other mess that is here for wealthy people. But really, that is the bracket you are looking at, isn't it? It's, I mean, when we, when we go to class, our social engagement, our economic bracket is almost the same. If we are struggling with finances, you get what I mean. 
But you see, the challenge with social media is that now you can have access to people your age who are living lifestyles that you might never live. You can see yourself graduating in JQuart, another one is graduating in KU, and he has a Mercedes Benz. You know you probably might never, and I'm not praying for you, I'm just saying, it is possible you might never own a Mercedes Benz. And it is okay, isn't it? So, by the time you are looking at your life, you are a fourth year in JQuart, and you are comparing yourself with another 15-year-old who lives in somewhere else, in Runda, who is showing you how their lifestyle is from morning until evening. It's a problem, isn't it? Hata we unanza kujiuliza, makosa ni nani? Makosa ni yangu, ama ni wazazi wangu? Who is the problem here? Because we are not the same. So really, social media, or other media in general, is affecting even your future. And so all of a sudden, you begin seeing your degree in engineering is probably just useless. All that you needed is probably a camera, and you would make it in life, isn't it? <laughs> Think about it. And it is something, I mean, we discuss out here. Umefanya engineering five years. And you know, when you're, when you're coming to campus, you have these big dreams and goals and ambitions. For example, you find those who are in first year all have a goal to get a first class, right? By the time you are in fourth year, you've been given enough character development. You will not have a two-border degree. See a degree border. But the same is also true of, um, what did I say? I forget the point I was trying to say. But it's the idea of social media shaping even what is life for you. Oh yeah, I was talking about how you had a goal when you came here to do medicine. You came here to do BSc in pure and applied math, wasn't it? You had, a, you had a vision, right? I mean, there's something you were thinking about. And then you see a guy whose only resource he has is a phone and a camera, and all of a sudden they are making it big in life, and you are thinking to yourself, why am I studying this for you? You come out here, your first salary, you are thinking, Unalipo alchukumi. Unajua ya see salary, yoni, what is it called? Stipend. And people you can see left and right are buying houses. And how does one find contentment in a life that is like that? So then how is social media shaping you? Now the first reality, if you go to the next after that one after this one the first reality that you are having to deal with is what is called the celebrity culture now you will realize that we tend to gravitate towards celebrities you know that that there is something about people who are famous that makes us want just to be want us to be around them i mean if you can if you have the capacity and opportunity to meet the vice chancellor in JQuart, you probably will go, isn't it? Because he's a famous person. But now the interesting thing, okay, kudamutu anafikiria, maybe si hezitaka kuona VC. Well, it's also true, lakini hida ni wewe. The 
It used to be the case that if you are a celebrity, it is because you had done something. If you were famous and known, you had actually worked for something, you know. You had given input to society so that when we are coming to you, it is actually because you have something to offer, right? But now with social media, what we have is a plurality of celebrities and a rise of what you call pseudo-leaders. People whose only achievement is owning a camera. Hey, have you ever thought about it? The only achievement, they tell us, you know, we have worked hard to tengeneza content, but this content, when you think about it, is just recording things that they are doing normally. And so you, a celebrity passes by here and you want to go to them, but they really have nothing to offer. Most of these guys even are probably people you know. You probably have shared a classroom with them, isn't it? You probably have shared a house. They are there out there and you can see their life. Now, celebrity culture is dangerous because celebrities tend to define the culture what you call the cultural milieu. The way you think within your culture is defined by the people you actually look up to. And so when you look up to people who have not been formed over time, when you look up to people who have not taken time, people who have not been hit by the realities of life for enough time for their character to be proven, you're likely to be following somebody into blindness. And so you find when a footballer in England comes up with a new hairstyle, he shaves the whole head and leaves only this kapat of hair. The whole head. But a young person in Jaikwat all of a sudden thinks that shaving your head all around and leaving a small piece of your head is the most fashionable and most wise thing that they can do. Now that's celebrity culture. When a musician goes on stage and does an album and they come with a trouser that is hollow, All over. Ama wengine wanasema they are holy clothes. Holo. And you, seated in Nyati Hostel. <laughs> and you look at the celebrity and you think this is the most fashionable thing. And so you see people walking in Jaikwat with tattered clothes and they're telling you it is fashion. Now, I have nothing against unfinished. You know, it unfinished. All I am saying is, think about who is defining for you about on what is good. When you see your Jesus every day pranking the wife, and boy child is pranking girl child, and girl child is pranking boy child, and the pranks continue ad infinitum, never mind that you are being pranked in the morning now on makeup. I mean, who sleeps with makeup? But a young person in Jaikwat thinks that the best way to do a relationship is to be pranking each other. So you are busy here pranking your, your girlfriend or boyfriend, left, right, and center. 
Alafu unaachwa. See these celebrities and they are a click away. You don't even need to work hard. In fact, that is what is what they feed on. They are doing those things because they want you to keep looking at them because that's how they make their money. But the second reality of how social media is actually shaping you is what we, is an affirmation-driven culture. People have been heightened with the need to be affirmed. Think about the thrill and dopamine rush you experience when people have liked your post. In fact, I dare you, show me a person who posts and not imagine that people are going to like or comment on their post. And so you even go back to social media just to confirm that people are connecting with what you are saying. Now, what unto you if they don't like it? If you go, you posted in the morning, unajipea time. Maybe you don't have many followers. So unajipea time, unaangalia satano. Kuna mutu like. So if nobody has liked, you go back and did I write wrongly? What is it? Emu I tag nani to see if they are. And then you think about the philosophy that drives some of these social media, like Snapchat and Instagram. Even the philosophy of blue ticks. You know, when you're always complaining about being blue-ticked, you are not blue-ticked. You know, what makes you so angry that they read and did not respond? Immediately. Because you, you don't care if they respond tomorrow. What you want is an instant response. And the blue-ticks are there to warn you that they have read. It's an affirmation-driven culture. And so a young person, and probably the ladies, you go out and take a photo of yourself. Again, affirmation. And you post it on Instagram. Now, because you are a believer and you are holy, you write there, to God be the glory. But you post it. Even you know what you are waiting for, isn't it? Do you want people to type they are ugly, Ini, nini. Even you know what you want. You want to be told beautiful. And so even the guys who are meshika, they also know. And because they will not write the more explicit words, ah, praise the Lord, beautiful. Amen, beautiful. Wow, wow. Mingine ni smiley face tu. The ones who are lazy. But think about what that is doing to you that it is actually making you dependent on the affirmation of other people. That you only feel content when people acknowledge and see that there is something that you've done. You go out on a date. You are seated with somebody, but we know real time what is happening except the words. 
So we are, you are seated here. You are not even probably suffering the moment and enjoying the person that is seated opposite you. So you take a photo and you are live. You are, oh, see, live. You are posting it, you are posting it, you are posting it. So we even know what you ate. We probably know whether what you are wearing on that date. We know even whether conversation was flowing. Instead of suffering the moment. Why? Because you want to, oh, wow, you guys look nice. Oh, beautiful. You know, it's the kind of affirmation that we need. Now, this kind of affirmation actually feeds into a real need that human beings have. All human beings have a need to be significant. Don't be distracted by my fellow preacher. But all of us have a need to be affirmed, have a need to be accepted, and a need to feel significant. And social media feeds on that. And it blows it up so that every day you live and eat that kind of affirmation and acceptance. Of course, the other reality is distractions, the plurality of distractions and time wastage, that algorithms have been devised to do two things, to distract you and to make you lose concentration. I was reading somewhere, and I saw reading, yeah. The algorithm, for example, for TikTok, and you know TikTok is made in China, do you know that? The algorithm for TikTok is designed that in China, you see more useful content, how to make a chair, how to build a toy, uh, engineering, mathematics, simply, you know, okay, maybe that's not there, but you get the idea. TikTok in Kenya, and especially here, eh? Nima Lines, and this other fellow who is dancing to bring gifts. That is the kind of content you see. Or a cat that is behaving funny. So when you go to TikTok, and they are very short videos, you are just there. Unaona kapaka kana smile, smile, una like. You see, sir, TikTok ni like ama ni nini? What do you do with TikTok? I am not in TikTok, so I don't know. But whatever you do with it there. So short to clips that keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, so that your concentration, you remain there. The next thing you know, two hours later, you are just clicking and scrolling, and you have no idea what you are scrolling or doing, but you are just there. But also, when you are studying for an exam, this is around exam time, isn't it? You, you are busy in a discussion group. Mumenda Hall 7, you are meeting to discuss calculus. And you go even online, there used to be that guy who used to be called, uh, that guy who, that taught us calculus online. I forget his name, but there was a guy, there's a guy, I will remember, where you can, he teaches calculus very well. So you go there online, but then you have your phone here. The notification sound is created to distract you. So you are studying, you are studying, dy over dx, you stop at dx, then you continue, then you draw all those to this, to this, another kind of notification. By the fourth one, your concentration has actually moved from calculus 
and now you are back to the messaging and the greeting. Think about how many times do you touch your phone in a day or even in an hour when you're working. And John Piper says this, that one of the great uses that Twitter and Facebook will, do, will have is that it will prove on the last day that prayerlessness was not because of lack of time. The reason you don't study the Bible and pray is not because campus is very busy. And I know campus could be busy sometimes. But the reason you don't study the scriptures and you don't pray and you don't go for a fellowship is not because you don't have time. It is because you are distracted. And these things have been designed to actually distract you. Because the other reality is reduced creativity. Now, boredom is a good thing. To sit down and be bored is a very useful thing. Because that's where ideas and creativity stems from. But you see, you have no opportunity even to be bored. Because the moment you have a few minutes, you can easily log into a social media site and get entertained for the next one hour or two hours before you move on to the next thing. So the time you need for creative work is actually spent on social media. But more importantly, Media in and of itself kills creativity. And I was giving this example in the morning. Consider watching a movie. Have you ever watched a movie of a book that you have read? Have you ever had such an experience? So you watch a movie like, say, Lord of the Rings. Now, I'm, no, I'm not sure most of you have read the book. But say a simpler movie like, uh, which other movies? Anima huh? Harry Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. When I was, hey, Harry Potter. So you've watched the movie after you've read the book. Now, if you're honest, the experience is always discouraging, isn't it? You always feel shortchanged. And there's a reason. Because media is designed to make you a passive consumer of entertainment. When Harry Potter is flying with when you are watching the movie, unaona tu amepanda hiyo kibruma ameenda. But when you are reading the book and Harry Potter was going to say climbed, nikaona hiyo ni kikuyu ya, hiyo ni kikuyu. But you get the idea. Or rather he entered into the dungeon and the lights went out. You know, when you read that, you have to pause, isn't it? You have to imagine in your brain what is happening. You have to create a mental picture. And when you do that, you are actually building your imagination and the capacity to imagine. But when you watch, okay, what next? There's no imagination. And so you are actually destroying your capacity to imagine purely by consuming media. And hence you find, nowadays, many people will say, ah, unajua mimi, 
I don't like reading, I prefer watching. Simply. Or I prefer podcast. So you prefer other people to do the heavy lifting for you. Wewe unafanya nini? Because the other reality is the secularized culture, and I don't think I need to belabor the point here. That porn and explicit information is available at the click of a button. Now, even for us believers, by the way, we are consuming this sometimes unintentionally. You are on Twitter looking at what is trending, and then you realize a certain guy is trending. Why are they trending? Because they had nudes or explicit content. Walishikwa mahali. And so who are you? Ninini ilifanyika. So hata we unenda kufanya nini? But porn is a reality. They say, for example, that 50% of people are consuming porn in the church. Now to break it down for you, just pick a neighbor. One neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Just one. Don't look at two. Just one. Just one neighbor, okay? Have you looked at one neighbor? Now, if you know from the bottom of your heart that you do not watch porn, your neighbor is watching porn. <laughs> so that's what 50% means. Now, of course, and we know, from the bottom, you know what you watch. In fact, Jordan Peterson says that a 17-year-old today has more access to naked women, or, in, or men, for that matter, than a monarch in antiquity had access to. That means a king in the 16th century could not have seen as many naked women as you can access today or you are seeing today. And that does something to your brain. And you wonder why, for example, people are not content in relationships. You don't know why. But it is because you have been bombarded with images. And so you are settling, you are approaching this one, and you meet her for the first day, and all of a sudden you are thinking, She's not as beautiful as the one I saw on Instagram. So the next thing you want to do is to move on. Because the images, the idea of sexuality is bombarded to you every day. And you wonder why you are not content. Because the last thing, oh my goodness. The last thing is rest and contemplation. Lack of rest and contemplation. Today, if you want to relax, what do you do? You have had a busy day in class, you had cuts, you want to go and unwind, where do you go? Candy crush. If you want to, if you want to unwind, Nini, Unaenda, Instagram, let us see what people are posting. You will not even do anything. You, you are just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, Mike, ah, okay. So social media, while you are thinking that, oh, you are just being immoral to it, it is actually shaping the recesses 
of your heart. It is shaping even how you engage with the people around you. So why is it then that when we are even more and more connected, we do not feel close? Isn't it ironical that in a world where you have 2,000 friends, you can still come and tell us, by the way, me, I don't have friends. Have you had that experience? I mean, you have 2,000 online friends, but even from the bottom of your heart, you know you don't really have actual friends that you can relate to. Now, all this happens because of one reason. That man was created for two ideals. And one of the ideals is work, and the other one is relationship. When you read Genesis 1, and from chapter from verse 26 all the way down. And you read that man has been created in the image of God. Now what they don't tell you is that being in the image of God is primarily about relationship. Because the God of the Judeo-Christian tradition is a relational God, isn't it? In fact, he says, let us make man. He's a community with himself, right? And we talk about the Trinity, that there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is consistently in relationship within himself, eternally. And so anytime you break relationships from an individual, you are actually destroying the person. Of course, the other ideal is work. And I know most people don't like working. But you have been created to work. The day you stop working, you'll actually die. Well, not immediately. But you'll actually gravitate towards your death. Hence, you find people after retirement, most people want to endanga tu. See, old age pekeake, it is because you have retired from work. And so what you find is that technology is making us less and less of working people. It used to be that technology was making work easier, isn't it? When you moving, say, from a hand axe to an axe, it is making the process of cutting trees easier. From an axe to a power saw is making the process of work easier. But I don't know whether you realize that we are moving into a phase where technology is actually replacing us in doing the work. So you move from walking to a mkokoteni, to a bicycle, to a motorcycle, to a car. Now that's what a progression, to, an, to a manual car, to an automatic car, and today you have a self-driving car. The difference between a self-driving car and all these others is that in all these others, you had to work, isn't it? You had to drive. At a manual car, simpaka usike steering. But what does a self-driving car do? It does all the work for you. And you, you do what? You sit down and relax. Now, I am not anti-technology. I mean, I did engineering, isn't it? Hopefully engineering is technology. I don't know. But the thing is, what social media actually is doing 
is that it is creating for you a false sense of community. You feel that you have a community that you interact with, but it is not a real one-on-one -on -one experience of a community. And so, if you are struggling, for example, it used to be that you would go to your sister or your mother, isn't it? Or your uncle or to your teacher or to, you know, people around you to seek for help, isn't it? Today, you go to somebody in Yugoslavia who has no idea who you are. And so you have broken up, you have broken up, and you are feeling the pain of being left, isn't it? And what do you do? You come to your social media, and you write to us, even it was not worth it. Now, it is the case that birds of a feather do what? Flock together. And so because of that, the people who are gravitating to your post, ah, hey, last week. All of them are gold diggers. And then they type, ah, ni jemo, jemo, So that's the conversation, isn't it? So you have people, instead of looking for people who are older than you and who are giving wise counsel, you are gravitating to people who are your age and people who probably will tell you the same thing that you want to hear. And so you feel very understood. People around me don't understand me. Watu wa online dia wananielewa. Now, surely. Did you find, and please understand, I know relationships are difficult, isn't it? I am not trivializing this. But you've got to ask yourself why issues of mental health, for example, are increasing today when life is becoming easy. It is actually because the community you have around you is a community that is not helping you. So you can even broadcast. Again, we are a culture of opinions. Today, opinions are sacrosanct. You know that. Someone says something and you feel the need that your opinion must be heard. You know, they used to say the difference between there are people who have something to say and there are people who have to say something. Now, on social media, you will find more people who have to say something, even when they have no idea what they are talking about. So that if this is what social media is doing us, do to us, what are we to do? Are we to discard it? Are we to throw it away and say this is ungodly thing? And friends, the invitation I want to make for us is that if you want to use, or rather if you are going to have media, the solution is not throwing it away, but putting it in its rightful place. That if you want media to serve you, if you want social media to be useful to you, then you have to put it in its rightful place. And the first thing you have to do to put media in the rightful place is one, you have to develop and build a real and physical community. You cannot 
you cannot circumvent the need for a community around you. Book of Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13, and Paul tells us that encourage one another as, as it is today, that you may not fall into the deceitfulness of sin. You see, it is the community that helps you build character. Have you realized how easy it is to block somebody you are mekukasirisha? Mutu wakikukasirisha kidogo online, what do you do? So you block them. Try doing that to your roommate. What will you do? Close the door. You have to live with them, isn't it? You have to live with that person. And so living with an actual person teaches you patience. It teaches you to persevere. It forms your character. And that is what we are trying to look for. So that real community helps you in the building of virtues. How do you guard your heart? You only guard your heart if you have a community around you that puts you to check. Part of the reason why your online presence is not glorifying God is because you are autonomous. You know, there are some things. When you're talking to people online, because you don't have that one-on-one -on -one relationship, what do you tend to do? You tend to say anything that comes to your mind, isn't it? Think about it if you are talking directly to your mother or your father. Can you type there, you are not thinking? And that is something that social media cannot provide for you. So media will be helpful if it happens within a community. For example, if we are members of the Christian Union, Twitter then can be a very good avenue for dispensing information, isn't it? Zoom can be a very good avenue for us to interact, right? YouTube can be a very good avenue for us to share content because it is being consumed within a community. So that our first intention is not for somebody in Australia, it is content that is useful for people that are around here. Your online ministry has to be built around a physical community. In fact, Christianity only happens within a community. My friend, you are not a lone ranger as a Christian. So that you, you know me, I go to church, but I prefer being alone. Please, stop lying to us. Christianity always happens in a community. And so the Bible tells us, the apostles, Acts chapter 2, when people get saved, Peter has preached and people have gotten saved, and it tells us that they committed themselves to the apostles' teaching, to, uh, they sat at the apostles' feet, and they listened to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, and to fellowship, and many were added to their number. Please, it is not just important to have a Bible study and be arguing about what Ephesians chapter 2 says. It is also important to take the seat and sit down and talk. That is important. In fact, remember, the 
clarion call for the gospel or the great commission is go ye, not type this or zoom this. It is go ye. You cannot exchange real physical connections with online engagement. And so that you are busy here, when we are calling out for outreach and door to door, you are busy telling us, you know me, me I preach online. My friend, please. Go for the door to door. Engage. Preach the gospel. Let social media facilitate that, not replace that. But the other thing you need to do is to nudge yourself into the path that is less taken. Develop disciplines that will push you away from the cultural milieu. Develop disciplines, develop disciplines that are going to force you to rearrange your time. And one of the few things is develop a consistent way of reading the scriptures. Now, some of you are in campus and you probably have never read the Bible, at least cover to cover. And those things are many. There is consistent Bible reading. There is cover to cover. There is Berean safari. There, this is why you need to go to Ezra, by the way. All those things are there. But notice, most of us don't have a disciplined way of prayer. Tunawambanga tu wakati wa mtihani na wachakula. How many books do you intend to read this year? And I do not mean engineering mathematics or calculus by or whatever it is that you read. You know, most of us tend to be functionally illiterate. I mean, you are literate that you are in an institution of higher learning, isn't it? So you are not illiterate. But functionally, the only thing you know is what will come in the exam or what is popular. So when we are having conversations here, the only response you can say, ah, watch away. You, you, you don't know. We are having a discussion here about salvation. I, hapana buwana. That's the best you can say. So are you, what is your plan for reading? You want to get into a relationship. How many books have you read to form your mind around that issue of relationship? You're going into the marketplace as a believer and you're busy saying, you know, I want to reach out in the marketplace. Who have you read? Who are your models? Who are the people that are shaping your thinking about that kind of whatever? Or will you go back and get the wheat, the kibba? And that's how you will. You know, nowadays, I see young men, uh, there is, it's called Americs. Young men are busy walking here saying we are the Christ. Who told you? <laughs> the other thing is, okay, develop organized times of rest and reflection. Do you have times to retreat and contemplate? 
in this busy campus life of yours. You know, sometimes I look back at my life in campus and I wonder. In fact, I wonder how I passed. On Monday, you, you are in which meeting? Tuesday, you are in another one subcom. Wednesday, you are in fellowship. Thursday, you are in another subcom. Friday, you are going where? So busy that you have no time to sit down and do some soul searching. Where will I end up? And for this, some of us, and I think, in fact, all of us, will need to take breaks from social media. Develop a life that does not have Facebook or Twitter or WhatsApp. Remove those notifications. You'll be surprised how fulfilled you will feel if you can spend one day without looking at your phone. You will feel like you have gone to Mars. But you need it. Because once you take a break from that, you are able to stock take. You are able to actually think for yourself. For a minute, stop worrying about what is happening to the celebrities. You will not die if you don't know what Jesus did. You will not die. Or, I don't know crazy So try and have your devices rest before you rest. And wake up before they wake up. You see, some of the reasons why you can't go for morning devotion is not because you are not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. My friends, no. It is because half of your time at night, you finished reading at 10, isn't it? And you decided, now I'm going to sleep. But when you went to sleep in the bed, you went to sleep with your phone. So from 10 to 1, you are half asleep because you are asleep but you are scrolling and you are reading and you are typing. So honestly, if you sleep at one, how can you wake up at six? Seriously, even you. The last thing is pre-plan and organize your engagements on social media. Now remember, and I hope you understand this, the point is not to throw them away. For some of you, it might call for that. The point is to be frugal and prudent in the way you engage with them. So if you have time, say you have said for yourself, you know, I only go to social media and engage on Saturday, and this is what I want to go and do there. You are actually going to make more headway and more usefulness than if you do it to do there. Make you do that. You do that is a Greek word. To mean anyhow. <laughs> Think of meaningful and useful materials that you can actually share with people. Not just sharing to us to memes. So you get like a meme, hua, tuna check. Pengine, hua, tuna check. And then unapotea. So if you are a Christian and are convinced that the gospel, the gospel is the hope for all mankind, then your content has to reflect that. Your content has to reflect that you are convinced that people are going to be saved only by the blood of and saving power of Jesus Christ. 
so that your content, and I don't mean be preachy. Okay, not that there's anything wrong with being preachy. But I don't mean be preachy. I mean the same way Kenna wakes up and thinks about his content to make you laugh. Even you, go back and think, how can I communicate the same gospel within my culture in a way that they will understand? Now, that is creativity. Wachana na content that is the same, repeated, and useless, where you are telling us that men are cheaters and women are gold diggers. You know, it's the same and it is permutated in different ways. Kuna watu wanakuja kwa room, uyu alifanya wasichana waosha nyumba mzima, kapotea, kuna mwingine. But it's the same content, isn't it? It's the same thing. Where are the believers who are creative? And I love creative ministry. I was in creative ministry. Where are the creative people to give us content that is actually going to make us think about the gospel? Where are the people who resonate? Because if you're going to upload for us content, at least make it content. Don't upload for us things that have no value to us. And so if we are going to engage in social media, elevate the gospel and insist on it. And of course, avoid having senseless arguments about things that don't really matter. The gospel is simple, isn't it? It's about the salvation of men. And I know there are arguments we can have here which are important, but I think they are important but not priority. We don't have to spend our day on social media arguing whether all men have, will be saved, or you know, Jesus died for all men, or he died for a few people. It's, a, it's, a, it's an important discussion, but it is not of priority, because it matters more whether the person you are talking to has believed in Jesus, and whether Jesus has actually died for them. You understand what I mean? That is what is of priority. And let us put the focus there as we engage. So I want us to pray. And as we pray, I want you to think about how you relate in your own social media. How do you engage? What is that that you consider content? What are the things that you disperse? How much time have you wasted on social media that could have been useful for the kingdom of God? And for us, I am inviting some of us to perhaps consider logging out of these social media sites and take maybe a month, two months, a year, and take a break and just organize your life. For some of us, repent of the things that you have been doing and the engagements that you've been having because they have not been honoring God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. We are grateful indeed because, Lord, the coming of, of your word brings hot life. And we pray that, Lord, even as we think about media, as we make use of what is available to us, that we will be alive, Lord, to how this media is shaping us. We will be alive, Lord, to how our patterns of life are being influenced by this media. And we will choose to be different. 
We pray, Lord, that even as we go into these spaces, Lord, we will seek to honor you and to glorify you as we do the same, Lord, for the glory of your name. We indeed, Lord, appreciate the difficulty, and we know it is hard. But Lord, that's why we have the Holy Spirit. And even in times when we will fail, may you give us the strength to rise again and recommit and pursue again for the glory of your name. For we pray this, believing in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Now, two books that I'd recommend as uh, Pastor comes. Techwise Family by Andy Crouch. And the other book is 12 Ways in Which Your Smartphone is Changing You by Tony Reiki. Please get those books and read. The Lord bless you.